Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from boring bogs to bold boys. And today, we're talking about vampires. Yeah, vampires. <laughs> All right, Brian. So vampires. I'm vampires. sure you know what a vampire is. I do. I'm actually very. Fam- <clears throat> this is probably the topic we've done that I'm the most familiar with. Okay, but I have oh, yeah. no five E knowledge about vampires. Okay. I just have like general pop knowledge about vampires. I would say in a lot of ways, Dungeons and Dragons vampires are really your standard vampire. I think in a lot of ways, um, uh, creators of D and D really didn't put a lot of like lore work into vampires because everyone knows what a vampire is. Yeah, there's so much already. Yeah. Like, uh, it's pretty stable <clears throat> about what a vampire is should be the main features. I feel like. Yes. So I, I expect to hear definitely. all about them. Yes, and okay. you will, and you will, and you're absolutely right about that. One thing that I feel is not concrete and not well fleshed out in either real mythology or D&D mythology is kind of like vampiric origins. I had to really dig and like try and figure out like, well, where do these guys come from? Because like everything else in D&D has an origin. Yeah. And I did find some semi-answers, but what do you know about vampires outside of D&D when it comes to their origin? Do you know much um, of anything there? Well, in the Stephen <clears throat> King universe, they're like a great beyond creature. Okay, which is, that's a very interesting take. I know you've told me about that, where they're almost like a, an elder one. Yeah, there, and they, there's like a tier system that he <clears throat> sets up where like you have these like lower, these lower vampires are like mosquitoes, like your foot guys mm-hmm. that don't create more vampires, they're just feeders. Right. And then you have like um, these type twos that I believe can make mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. And then you have type ones. They're not called mosquitoes, are they? they they're referred to in the books as mosquitoes, okay, like because okay. they're they're much like a mosquito, where they're like mostly they're just mindless. harmless, yeah. Right. And they're normal people during the day, mm-hmm. and they just like go into this vampiric state at night, and they don't mm-hmm. remember it. But they they need to they have the need to feed, and it's like very primal, right? So then the type uh, twos they're mm-hmm. more aware of what they're doing, I believe, and then the type ones are very very dangerous, very very um, 
Probably not. I've heard you talk about Dracula in like um, Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Probably not that powerful, but right. approaching a power level that's <clears throat> like it's very severe. And then you have the grandfathers or the elder vampires that mm-hmm. can make type one vampires. OK, so I read Salem's Lot by Stephen King, and that's that's deals with a type one vampire that takes over a, like a small town. Yeah, right. Right. And it just like it spirals out of control <clears throat> so quickly. Like it right, starts right. very slow because you, you got one got one foot soldier uh, like wandering around and then all of a sudden a couple nights go by and it's just the town is lost and nobody knew about it right right so it's right. pretty crazy <clears throat> okay in in dnd there is a, a a much smaller tier system that is semi similar you have what are called vampire spawn and just regular vampires i would argue that there is a third tier above that um although there aren't really stats for it and it's not really in the lore it's just that <clears throat> D&D has their own... Well, first... Okay, so vampire spawns are created by vampires. Okay. And they're kind of like your mosquitoes, but they're a little more harmful than that. They do have their own agency. They know they're vampires. They are vampires. They're evil. Okay. But they are enthralled to their creator. And they can't create more vampires. And I think their power... um, Their different powers are much more limited than a normal vampire. Okay. And the only way for them to become a normal vampire is if their creator lets them drink some of his or her blood. And then at that point, they have their own agency. They kind of move up a tier and they become a full-fledged vampire. Nice. Okay. Now, I would argue that there are some vampires that are a lot more powerful than your standard vampire Mm -hmm. because D&D has their own version of Dracula. His name is uh, Strahd von Zarevich. Okay, cool. And we won't talk too much about him although it's it's hard not to talk about him in the vampire episode but right. the reason i don't want to talk too much about him is we will talk about him very very extensively in our castle ravenloft episode because cool. castle ravenloft is a campaign setting it's like the gothic horror uh campaign setting of D and okay. he is like the center of all that <clears throat> sweet okay um, but uh strahd von zarevich is Leaps and bounds more powerful than your regular vampire, which is already very powerful. And he's considered the original vampire, much like Dracula. Yeah, your Dracula types. Yeah. And so... Nosferatu. <clears throat> yeah, your Nosferatu. And and there are some other possible origins for vampires. I've seen where... Um, there, was a, there was a book I was reading for D&D where it was basically like the first vampire was the result of a succubi's kiss of death. Okay. And for some reason, some unexplained reason, it rose up and became a vampire. And, like, this could make some sense because, like, there are a lot of shared similarities between succubi and vampire. Okay, yeah. Um, there's like that enthrallment. Alluring, yeah. The enthrallment, the alluring charm. Um, uh, well, the bat wings, I guess, because, like, vampires can turn into bats in, in D&D. Right. That's, um, a, that's a pretty standard, like, Dracula yeah, supposedly can turn into, like, a flock of bats or just one bat. It was It's unclear. Yeah. The, time. The, the feeding on life force where it's, like, right. like uh, it's even said, like, vampires feed on the life force of humans. They just do that through the blood. Right. It's, like, not the actual physical thing of blood that they need. It's whatever magical properties are getting from it. Yeah, it's like a metaphor, like, you're... The, you're <clears throat> Right. Powered by your blood or whatever, your which, heart pumps it. Which is actually interesting that, like, the thing that they desire is, like, this physical symbol of life force. Because there's so many things about vampires in D&D that they're constantly craving physical symbols of something um, not physical. Which we'll get into when it comes to, like, all the very, like, dark desires. Do you remember that episode of Spongebob with a hash-slinging slasher? 
Very vaguely. At the very end, they're like, oh, it was like who they were explaining everything that was going on, all these yeah. weird phenomenons. And they're like, but what about the lights? How are the lights flicking on and off? And they go to the corner and it's like a Nosferatu flicking the lights on and off. Oh, yes, I do like, remember Nosferatu. that. Nosferatu. <laughs> That's so stupid. I'm like, what the fuck? I love SpongeBob. <laughs> um, and sometimes, sometimes it's just considered like a necromantic ritual, like a, an alternative to lichdom for like a wizard. Like they want to be immortal. Okay, cool. But maybe they don't got what it takes to become a lich. Well, you could become a vampire. Okay, so is it's magic related? Obviously. It could be magic related. Yeah, yeah. which okay. a lot of like undeath and all these weird transformation things are. Yeah, like um, skeleton ligaments. The Strahd von Zerovich thing works really well because okay, so uh, here's real quick Strahd. Um, he's Dracula was a count. Strahd's a baron. So okay, there we go. That is. Um, so basically, Strahd was a baron of some land. Uh, he was a warlord, kind of ruthless, um, <clears throat> and he fell in love with a woman. I, I can't remember the details here, but the woman actually loved his brother, and she got married to him, and he got pissed off, and like he did, he did a lot of really bad shit. He drove her to suicide, killed his own brother, did weird, some weird ritual with he he made he formed an alliance with the dark powers of the Shadowfell. Sure. And oh, the Shadowfell. Okay. Shadowfell. Yeah. And the dark powers granted him immortality. Sweet, nice, good deal. By turning him into a vampire, the first vampire. All right. And the Dark Powers then kind of use Strahd as their own pawn. Now, he has his own agency, but the Dark Powers are leaps and bounds more powerful than him. And they basically drew his whole region into a demiplane called Barovia, which is just the name of the region. Right. And, like, no one can escape Barovia. And Barovia is constantly being tyrannized by Strahd. Okay, cool. Complete control of the region, but he cannot leave. So he, in his own way, is a slave. We'll talk, we'll talk more about that. So this is drawing a lot of parallels to, like, the Count Dracula original story. Very much so. Yeah, Very much like, so. the Transylvania, all of it. Yeah, we have Vlad the Impaler and all that. Yeah. yeah. And, and we'll talk more about that in the Kessel Ravenloft episode. But the reason that I, I like the Stark Powers origin is because vampires are undead, which we know the Shadowfell has a lot of undead things going on. Uh, vampires, unlike a lot of other undead, do have sunlight sensitivity. A lot of other undead don't actually have that. And that makes sense since the Shadowfell is so anti-light. Right. Another thing, too, is that like vampires are very much evil, but they don't seem like tied to like a lawful alignment or a chaotic alignment. They're more like a neutral evil, but they could go either way. Um, Whatever serve, serving yeah. their purposes. So they don't, to me, they don't really fit in with other fiends. Okay. And they don't really fit in with other undead either. They don't operate the same way. So this is like, this really, you really could be like, have a campaign, vampires versus werewolves, because those seem like their own factions. At this yeah, point. very much so. Except for like, you're, when we get into the stats, man, vampires are fucking so much powerful. It would have to be like numbers. It versus, would have to be a numbers thing, or you yeah. have to homebrew some stuff. Because I think uh, a werewolf, a lycanthrope werewolf is uh, CR5. Uh, your standard vampire is like CR thirteen, sweet, and has legendary actions and has yeah. regional and layer effects. Right, like, yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Way a more bit. powerful, definitely. Cool. Um, and and then here's another thing too is like with all this mystery surrounding the vampires and like where the fuck they come from, isn't it fitting that their origin would be another thing which is shrouded in mystery, the dark powers, which most of us know nothing about because there's nothing written about them in any any lore outside of Castle Ravenloft, really. Okay, so like. I, I kind of like that. It kind of makes sense. So, um, so here's the thing: we we talked about in the Lycanthrope episode about how like anthropy is inherently evil a lot of times, and how it'll, yeah. it can change your alignment. And unless um, you're a bear, unless you're a bear, well, it'll change you to good? Question mark. I don't know because 
Uh, yeah, that's interesting. We didn't really talk. We didn't too really much talk about, about like, that. If it changes you too good, right? Or if you, like, what if you were to be evil, good. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know about that, but um, we, vampirism is very, very similar. Where like, yeah, you're going to turn evil, and we talked in the like entry up. Lycanthropy episode about how I don't re- I'm not really a big fan of like your alignment being changed against your will. And I still stand by that, except for with vampirism. With vampirism, I would say you should absolutely turn evil as fuck. And here's why. <laughs> here's your pass. Number one, undead pretty much means evil in D D. There are a very there are very few exceptions. Um but I'm not I'm not considering vampires one of them. Because with vampirism, the th- the vampire itself is not the person who was before. Right. It is a different being. That person died, and something else lives in that body now. Yeah, and that makes it sense. Has their it memories. needed the shell. Yeah, it has their memories, and it can like tap into those same emotions, but everything is twisted and wrong, because whatever is in them is twisted and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not that... like their alignment changed it's that that's not the same person anymore yeah that, that makes sense that's my argument anyways so uh what happens is they end up becoming like a sick parody of whatever they were um and like all their emotions kind of take an evil twist so like let's say they were in love with somebody that might turn into like some weird abusive like obsession with that person now okay not because there's any actual love there but because it's it's twisted that emotion into like I have to have you in your mind and no one else can have you and for I'm sure trap you in my chambers and maybe <laughs> transform you into one of my spawn like you know and I'll always have you and I'll hold you and grasp you and like that's how vampires are they're very greedy very oh. jealous very lustful like yeah they're nasty creatures Gross. yeah they're they're horrible they're horrible creatures friendship might turn into straight up hatred or jealousy like don't be gross Dracula don't be gross <laughs> Dracula is gross. <laughs> Especially um, Vlad and the Impaler. And yeah, that guy and, was super gross. Right. And like I was saying, they crave physical symbols of the things in life that they treasured. Um, like, And it can be it can be just simple, like, just money. Like, they just want more money. And, like, a lot of times vampires will, like, um, infiltrate society and get into, like, high situations. Oh, like, man. Society. Yeah. And just, like. Rule the plane. Rule, 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 rule it, you know. Be, uh, start a monopoly. Okay. Just fuck over the economy. Damn. Like, yeah. No, vampires are evil on a lot of different levels. <laughs> um, they'll, they'll collect fine art. They're Wall uh, Street Beautiful evil. lovers, even though, oh. like, they won't love these lovers. They'll end up killing them, but they have to have them because in life, that's what they craved. Right. So it's so, really dependent on your shell a little bit what kind of evil is about to sprout out, what yeah, direction they're going to go in. Very much so. Very much so. That sometimes they'll collect trophies of their former enemies. Oh, dude. That's like um, some kind of like uh, chaos theory, like butterfly effect sort of thing. That's nasty. Yeah. yeah it's it's pretty weird shit, man. So I don't know. Do you have any questions about vampires so far before no, we dive into some of this other stuff? I mean, that's that's some cool like D&D. Like, I feel like a lot of these um, these big topics we touch on are just like I would, I would like, okay, this is what's going on in my campaign. Like, there's right. no way, like, how can I cram all of it into one campaign, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure people do, and you can, and yeah. it's probably a great way to do it, I, but I can't fathom it. There's just so, you can go so deep with just this. I mean, right. if you oh, play absolutely. for, like, you play be... for, like, years and years, and you just, you have the same party, or people die off, or whatever, but the same ongoing thing, and you're like, okay, now we're doing this. Yeah, and that's okay, because, I mean, D&D doesn't have to be any one of anything like you, you can have a D&D world where like well vampires and the undead don't exist in my world for sure like yeah period end of story and that won't really affect much of anything or you could have entire D&D campaigns that have nothing but vampires zombies and werewolves like just gothic horror and that's all you do 
Um, I mean, I've seen whole D&D campaigns that run just inside one city, and you're levels 1 to 15 just doing shit in that city because right. it's a big metropolitan area and a lot of shit goes down. So, like, D&D can be whatever you want it to be. You don't have to use any of this stuff, but here it is. You want to take a rest? Yeah, I think it's time. Let's take a it. rest. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where we stop talking about the last thing, scary stuff. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about... Uh, <laughs> talk about you guys thanks guys for for listening to the show and watching the show and coming out and supporting the show thank you so much we really appreciate everybody that's been tweeting at us tweeting about the show getting on itunes and leaving those reviews and uh you can you can win a contest that we're running right now mm -hmm. uh from doing those exact things i just mentioned will you want to talk about that a little bit yeah so we're giving away two copies of xanathar's guide to everything which is going to be a D, &D supplement book which is going to have something like 20 new subclasses um, a bunch of new background stuff, possibly some new races. I'm not quite sure on that. It's going to be a really big mechanical power edition. locks, power windows. Yeah, power of steering. course. You know all the bells and whistles. Um, and uh, it's, I, I think it's a must buy personally. Yeah, free XM radio for yeah. a year. We are we are giving away two of these books. Um, and the way you enter is all you got to do is tweet out a link to our show with hashtag DungeonCast, and or leave us an iTunes review. 
that would be super awesome. If you do either of those things, you'll be entered. If you do both, you'll be entered twice. Yeah, and like if you just want to do them, like a bunch, like maybe not the same person, but like if a bunch of you listening want to do it, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, you can uh, follow us on YouTube if you want. Catch our stuff there. Leave a like and subscribe if you are already there. That would be awesome. And uh, you can find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Dungeon Cast. You can get us on iTunes, as we've mentioned, or any podcast app for that matter. Um, but that's pretty much it. I think oh, this no, rest no, was... No, no, that's not quite oh, wait, it. what do yeah. we got? We, uh, we also, well, what else we've is there? also started a Patreon. We st- oh, that's <laughs> right. Well, as <laughs> know, of now, it's new, but as yeah, we're we, recording we this, it hasn't launched yet because we're, we're ahead true. of the game. We are. We're ahead of the game, but bit. it's set to launch and will have launched and have been out for a little bit now. Yeah, I think so. Um, Get and on there. if Shit, uh, there's so if much you like bonus content, I've been working my ass off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have. Uh, yeah, if you like what we do here, you probably really like what we do there. Um, and if you just want to support us, like, uh, you could do that through Patreon. We'd really, really appreciate it. I think our $1 tier gets you a shout out on the show, which I think yeah. is pretty cool. And so access to all my really, uh, sporadic and, and messy show notes. Yeah, they're pretty, <laughs> I like reading, reading over them again. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, other than that, I think now it's time to get back to the show. Let's go back now. All right, Brian. So vampires. Uh, we talked about how vampires are incredibly powerful. Vampires. Let's talk about exactly how powerful. So in D and D, vampires have a whole uh, myriad of of power sets. They can do all kinds of stuff. Number one, when someone gets transformed into a vampire, like all of their ability scores shoot the fuck up, and basically almost everything's an eighteen. That's what it says in the monster manual, right? It uh, says shoot the ability the score, up. shoot the, shoot that shit the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, all the way. It's basically what it says. I mean, they get like an eighteen dex, eighteen strength, eighteen charisma, like a uh, seventeen wisdom, an eighteen intelligence, and like Holy an eighteen. Shit. Yeah, it's just they become incredibly powerful, supernaturally powerful. Um, they also gain the, well, number one, they're immortal. They don't have to breathe. Um, they can transform. They have actually multiple forms. In fifth edition, there's only two forms outside of being just a humanoid vampire. One is they can transform into a bat. Um, and the other is they can actually have a, a Mr. Gaseous form. Oh. And that form is very important because that's the form that's going to make them incredibly fucking hard to kill. Yeah, don't you don't want to breathe that in. Because killing a vampire is incredibly hard. Yeah, they to can do turn into fucking gas. Well, not only Let me can hit you with my sword. Yeah, not only can they turn into gas, but they by default transform into gas the second they hit zero HP. And they then have to get back to their resting place. And after spending, I think, an hour or so there, they can start regenerating HP and turn back into normal form. Holy shit. Yeah, that's so annoying as hell. Incredibly hard to kill. Um, Unless in, uh, you use the Mafuba. What what the fuck is that? <laughs> the uh, evil containment wave. Oh, there you go. And Master okay. Roshi puts evil people in jars. Yeah, there you go. That probably yeah. work. And sure. Throw it in some. Just like dip it in holy water. There you go. Although holy water isn't exactly a thing. There are other weaknesses. I do want to talk game. about how vampires are killed. Like as a oh as yeah a chunk. Yeah, we're we'll, get yeah, there, right? we'll, we'll get yeah. there. I just want to run through their, their power. Yeah, their power we, set. yeah. Let's finish. They that. have they have regeneration, which means every round they're they're just gaining HP. They can summon. Okay. They can summon swarms of rats or bats to come help them at any given time. God, what is it with D and D and rats? I don't know. They just like really using them. Yeah, they really do. I mean, I think lately we've been just tapping into the lore that does. Let me just summon a bunch of like they're all the rats from Mission Impossible. That fucking fat ass rat in the yeah, vet. That movie I still haven't seen. Oh man, I didn't I YouTube <laughs> the told, part. For oh that, yeah, that you part did. For you you with, did it's that just big this old big rat. ass nasty rat. There you go. Yeah, just a bunch of those. Um, all, all of those in in previous editions of D anD D, vampires could also transform into dire rats, 
dire bats and dire wolves. Oh, oh and normal wolves. And so di- they could just transform into any of these animals. Dire rats time. were capybara sized, right? Uh, yes. Okay. We, we've decided that the dire rat is the size of a capybara. <laughs> Um, they also, they get legendary actions, okay. which is just extra shit they can do on their turn. Um, they have the inherent ability to char- charm all humanoids. They can create spawn, which are then enthralled to them and will do their bidding no matter what. Sick. That can't be broken. Um, I think that's it for the power sets for the most part. They also, okay. They're also so inherently like magically infused with the power of undeath, if you will, that like they affect their region when they've made a layer. And so like... It kind of everything within 500 feet of their lair, like something happens, like the wolf, rat, and bat populations just boom. <laughs> okay, you know, cool. All, all the better for the swarming. You, so. become a, you become a fucking Halloween Hallmark card. That's exactly <laughs> what you know. I'm sure you know. That's basically what you come because the next thing that happens is all plants within 500 feet of the lair die and just become really thorny. Oh, cool. Sweet. And then like uh, shadows within 500 feet of the lair just act strangely. <laughs> and okay, then, sweet. and then a creeping fog hangs about the lair and just looks spooky, just like super standard. That's, uh, that's part of what it does. It looks spooky, like like weird images will appear in the fog, like of a clawed hand or like of a raven in flight. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, you really do become a Halloween trademark. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> so there it is. Um, and also, the, all those effects last. Even if you kill the vampire, they still last an extra two d six worth of days afterwards. Oh shit! So, yeah. So there that is. So you're just like fighting at the haunted mansion at Disneyland, basically, basically. <laughs> Cool. Uh, but let's talk about weaknesses. Um, one, one major weakness. Wait, can I? Can I just you like cut th- in? I want to throw out like the stuff I would normally do to kill vampires. I'll say and yeah, we'll yeah. Go for it. Uh, wooden stake to the heart will not kill a vampire, but will paralyze one temporarily. Sweet. Oh, temporarily? How long? An hour, maybe. <laughs> if you're lucky, you get an if hour. Lucky, you know. If you use the blessed rosewood, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, okay, uh, vials of holy water. Um, like just just smash no, them on there, them. There's nothing mechanical in there. I would argue that it would do a little bit of damage. Just some like, <laughs> like ah, don't, what the fuck, bro? Stop! I just wash these. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, what, what next? Okay, uh, cloves of garlic. Okay, so in in a lot of the lore, it'll. Um, Repel them a little bit, but okay. in the actual mechanics, nothing mentioned. Okay, like a priest with a, a holy symbol. I guess in D&D it would be a holy nope. symbol. Nope. No, no crosses, nothing nope, like that. None of that. Um, do I got any more good ones? Uh, I'm guessing, um, I don't think this is, I think silver, like a silver stake to the heart might be a thing. No. Nope. I'm thinking in D&D it's not a thing. No, no silver? Nope. Okay, okay. No. Nope. Okay. Um, am I out of stuff? Um, the man, Van Helsing. Um, No. Okay, not particularly weak to Van Helsing. No, no, okay. not at all. Okay. Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, you got oh, wait. Well, we've already kind of decided that werewolves wouldn't cut it in D&D. No, they really wouldn't, which makes me mad, but yeah. oh, well. what are you going to do? Okay, so let's talk about weaknesses. Okay. Uh, the, the main one, well, not the main one, but the main one that like I thought was interesting is they are true, and this is in normal vampire mythology, I think, as well. They're truly anchored to the place they died. Oh. Or more the place they were put the, to rest. Um. They, they haunted. have to have their coffin nearby, and it has to be buried in soil where they were put to rest. So if oh, they want to wow. move somewhere, they have to transfer all that shit. Interesting. And I think you see this happen in some of Bram Stoker's Dracula stuff. When oh, Dracula okay. has to move. I think he comes to London. He moves a bunch of his earth and stuff. Interesting. So I, I think that's right. Interesting. So I thought that was pretty cool. It was pretty interesting. So one of the keys to, to slaying a vampire permanently is finding where the resting spot is and fucking that shit up. Cool. We're going to sleep now, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's that's, your coffin, that's, motherfucker. that's one way to do it. Um, 
they have to be invited in homes. That's a thing. So they have they have they have the weakness of invitation, if you will. Cool. Um, running water is a major weakness of these guys. Running water. Running water does like twenty acid damage around to them. Like, okay. Yeah. As a matter of fact, killing a vampire in running water is a permanent kill. Instant permanent kill. Running water. <laughs> Like, find a river, dunk that bitch and stab him. Well, is a vampire aware of that? Because like yes. you know that motherfucker's is like yeah. not even close to a river. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I'd go to a desert. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you want people. I guess you're gonna have and to be kind of close to what water. What constitutes running water? Like, what if I got like a, like a what if I throw a, a, like a bucket tower? of water? Or what, bucket, what if yeah. I threw you in an irrigation ditch? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think does that count. As long as it's running. Yeah. So there it is. Um, sunlight sensitivity. It does like 20 radiant damage per round to them. Now, a question of mine is like, does this transfer to radiant damage like from like spells and stuff? I would argue no, but I would maybe have radiant damage do something a little special. I'm not sure what, because if I, if you make Mm. them just weak to it, that might be too powerful because radiant damage is very easy to come by. Well, is radiant damage considered like sunlight? It's it's considered light without a doubt. Okay. Um. There. Okay. So there are. I think there's literally like the spell sunlight. Yeah. I was gonna ask fuck about that. a vampire up. Okay. Like because I was like, oh, maybe it's just the UV. Yeah. Maybe it's just the UV. <laughs> they yeah, just so, don't like don't UV. Yeah. Rays. They don't mind torchlight, I suppose. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. There's that. But yeah, sunlight will will fuck them up. And if you, again, if you kill a vampire in sunlight, insto kill. Um, Sweet. We talked about the stake of, stake to the heart could paralyze them. So that's like you know. So can you just like okay like every thirty minutes just like drive a brand new steak in? You could, yeah. I guess that's one way to do it. Just like really get to look really get there. a bunch in there. Another way to kill a vampire is if you kill it and it goes into its gaseous form and it can't make it to its um, resting place within I think an hour, uh, it will permanently die. Oh, so that's another thing. Like so, if you fuck up its resting place, it's super vulnerable at that point. Yeah, I can't really go down like that. Also, I think there's it has a time limit. Like it has to every twelve to twenty four hours go and sleep in its coffin. So if that's destroyed, like yeah, sweet. There you go. Okay, so there's so, a, there's a few like pretty good ways to kill a yeah, vampire. So I, it, but that's the thing. A vampire is going to keep their their resting yeah, place they're, under. They're aware of this. He really hidden away and all that stuff deep in the mole. Yeah. So. Uh, any other questions when it comes to uh, these weaknesses? Um, so we're back to like it's not there's nothing that really deals double damage to it necessarily. Yeah, welcome to five E. Yeah, so okay, there, there it is. Uh, what I find interesting about some of these weaknesses, and we talked a little bit about this in the Fey episode, how like a lot of the weaknesses for things that were Fey were things that were really mundane. Yes, it's kind of similar when it comes to vampires because I think like okay, so a lot of this lore uh, originates from like old like. Eastern European mythology amongst like the commoners of, of these uh, societies and like a, built into the lore, these commoners are going to have like ways to circumvent the danger of these monsters. And it's going to be really mundane things, things they have access to like yeah. garlic. Yes. I, they were people like coating their homes in garlic. Yeah, there were people garlic. that really like, did that. Even just like, well, if you're in your house, so you're okay. You know, like that part of the mythology. If you're sure. in your house, you're cool. Yeah. Or if you if you're totally Just carrying garlic, you're all shove right. Shove garlic in all. Or the you know, cracks. as long as you get back across the river to the village, you'll be okay. Like those ideas, I kind of like that. There's a certain charm to that. Yeah. Don't trust any rats that look like they could have been casted in Mission Impossible. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's move on a little bit. Um, let's talk about vampires, which is a really shitty name. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> 
Dampires. Dampires. Or dampires or whatever. <laughs> okay, fuck. What? They're, they're daywalkers. They're blade. blade. Blade's a dampier. Oh, you mean they they haven't been like soaked in liquids? No, they're... What? <laughs> dampires? Oh, damp. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. No, no. It's a really shitty name for something kind of cool. Hell yeah. Um, well, I don't know about the kind well, of cool Convince cool. me. It's really okay, shitty right so, now. <laughs> so the way a dampire is uh, born is... Are if you a, fucking kidding if a, it's, it's called a dampire. D-H-A-M-P-I-R-S. Oh, they just threw an H in there. Yeah. Sweet. So, oh. Tempiers. Tempiers. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they're born when a pregnant woman is bitten by a vampire. And Whoa. if she dies or even turned into a vampire, the thing that is born will be basically uh, the equivalent of like a half vampire. Okay. They won't be as strong. They will have the thirst for blood. They can resist it. They're not necessarily evil. They might err on the side of evil. Uh, they can walk during the day. Like they're they're a little give and take. They're just like this weird gray area. There's the, yeah, and there's no, there shouldn't there shouldn't be a lot of them because of the way they're born. Right. There's another okay. So there's another way they could be born, and it's said if a a male vampire lies with a mortal woman, that's a way that like she could be impregnated that way. I'm not a huge fan of that because I'm like, well, the vampire's dead. He shouldn't be impregnating anybody. Plus, I just don't see vampires really like desiring that kind of thing. Yeah, like, they're evil, life sucking okay. creatures, but. In defense of this, um, because I don't think it's too terrible of an idea, in old uh, Slavic mythology, uh, it's it's kind of built in the lore that vampires like to fuck. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's just a thing they do. Vampires. Yeah. They like to fuck. <laughs> exactly. Like, they come into your house, they seduce your wives, and then they steal off and to the night. Fuck. And then a, a vampire is born. It's <laughs> fucking vampires. Because when it's born, um, you're like, damn. <laughs> exactly. Damn, this is this damn. Is that's a damn vampire. Yeah, indeed. Um, vampire. So in fourth edition, they had a vampiric type race called Verloca, which they're kind of okay. You know how we talked about tieflings? How, Moist pyres. What? What? Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> Remember how uh, we talked about tieflings? How like they made a deal with Asmodeus, and like the bloodline was kind of cursed. Yes. With Verloca, they made a deal with a being called the Red Witch, which gave them like some vampiric abilities. That's a cool name. But they're not. <clears throat> actual vampires. Okay. And they're technically undead. They're like zombies? They're like witch doctors. They're zombies? like vampires without having to be evil or needing to feed, basically. Oh. So I don't just know. All the bonuses. It, yeah, all the bonuses. All the pluses. Yeah, plus they have to hide in mortal society because, like, people don't like them because they're undead. Uh, yeah. They're scary. Okay, yeah, yeah. sure. One of the one of the, hallmark, they're, one of the hallmarks about them is they're really pale skin. For some reason, they got, like, this fiery red hair. That's just a thing with them. Okay. Um, so an Irish person. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, that that's basically it. they're okay. su- they're pseudo vampires there in fourth edition. They were kind of cool, but it's like so not in fifth edition. Not in fifth edition okay. yet. They, they might. All I, right. I, fifth edition being as traditional as it is, I wouldn't be surprised if we get damn vampires <laughs> instead. Okay. So for me, um, I I I get the desire for wanting to like have a character that's vampiric or is a vampire, but like. Because of the lore and because of the way I view vampires, it's not really a thing I allow in my games. Okay. And you know me. I'm not the kind of guy who disallows a lot. Yeah. I'm super open. And I also, I'm not knocking anyone who totally allows this because, like, there's plenty of vampire lore where vampires aren't evil. Fuck, Underworld is one where they're basically people with blood-sucking abilities. So, yeah, they're, they're super yeah. lawful. Right. They're, like, much more organized. Trying to, like, balance shit. So, like, it, it really comes down to your, your world lore. But in mine, like, I'll, I can work with a lycanthrope character. I'm not really going to work with a vampire character because in my world, again, like the thing is about vampires is you're no longer a human you're an, or an elf or whatever you were. Something else inhabits that body. And what? I think that's scarier. And I think that's 
more deadly. Sure. And uh, so I'm not too big on on vampiric PC characters. Yeah. And as okay. of right now, Fifth Edition doesn't really give you anything when it comes to running a. a yeah, that would be a homebrew character. job for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I can kind of see the Red Witch vampires kind of being a, a thing. Yeah, like, I, 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 if if Verloka become Verloka. like an official um, fifth edition race, I'd more than welcome them. Sure, I mean it's a very small subset, so like you're gonna be very rare, but that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. that. I mean cool. adventures. Yeah, you know. So, and honestly, if I had a player who's like, I really want to play a Verloka, it's like, all right, we'll homebrew it. Let's do it for a Verloka. Plus two strength. Plus, no, plus two charisma. Plus one strength. Like yada yada yada. We'll figure it out. The yeah, rest of <laughs> <laughs> we'll do PC. Uh, we'll do PC vampires and maybe another time. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, other than that, you got any other questions about vampires? Uh, God, um, no. <laughs> okay, all right. I think we're, I mean y'all know what a vampire is. That we we've gone over the official uh, fifth edition lore on them. So there it is, vampires. Sweet. Uh, let's, yeah, let's <laughs> let's call let's it call game. it a game. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.